I'm Lou Guadagnino. And this is Marilyn Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Good morning. Well, good morning here. (laughs) It's morning here. Um, It's October, and um, we just had our fireplace cleaned and firewood delivered, and we are ready. We even had our first fire yesterday. Yeah, that was nice. It was the earliest fire we've ever had. Yes, yes. It's one of my favorite things about the cold weather when you live up here is the fires, the fireplace, the warm, cozy, looking at the flames. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing you have to do with winter and, and autumn is, you know, so many people just get depressed and they just feel like, you know, giving up in life because they just can't stand the weather changes. But if you shift with it and you just say, okay, now we're doing a different set of activities, not so bad. You're right. You're right. I mean, I went through my grieving period watching Summer End. <laughs> I hate watching this. That's summer why end. you were crying that night. Okay. <laughs> I right. can't. I, well, I just, oh, I have such a hard time. But, you know, then it's so funny. Then, like, all of a sudden it hits. Oh, it's fall. And fall is great. There's lots of wonderful things we do in the fall. So I just shifted immediately. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. The problem for me, and I think for a lot of people, of autumn, if you live in some place like Western New York, you know, where it really gets cold, is you can pack on the pounds in no time. Oh, yeah, it's true. You know, all of the farms are coming out with their pies and their jellies and their donuts. And, <laughs> you know, every place you go, there's people selling treats, you know. Yes, and it's heavy carb time. <laughs> really heavy carb time. Yeah. No, that is so true. That is so true. It's hard. But... You know, on the other hand, the body wants to eat more because it's getting ready for winter. I mean, this is a theory we have. You need those extra pounds to keep yourself warm in the winter. So Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves while we're eating the pie and the donuts. We have to do this. The weather's changed. Well, the other thing I noticed about this period of time right now is the stress intensity of most people in my life has been skyrocketing. Uh, I notice it with the clients I work with, the patients, and, and the staff I work with, and people in my personal life. And so I've, it finally hit me why that is. Because everything that we were supposed to do in the summer, we put off, that that, that we didn't get to, we put off because we wanted to go have fun and be outdoors and, oh, it's nice weather, let's go to the lake, whatever. So all that has to be caught up on. But then... You've got all the stuff you have to do in the fall to prepare for winter and the holidays coming and, you know, all that. So you've got the stuff from the past you didn't do and the stuff in the future that you have to do. And so you get hit from both ends. That's my theory. Excuse me. I'm going to go get a Xanax. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> That's my theory. Yeah, I Why think it's that, so hard. No, that practically, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I, there yeah. are things that you avoid doing in the summer because you want to have fun. Absolutely. And then you just get hit. And then it's the season change, which a lot of people get affected by that. Um, and certainly in this area of the country, the temperature's been up and down and up and down. And, you know, so so many people are getting sick because it throws the natural equilibrium of the body off. And that makes you more prone to illnesses. So, so anyway, we're living stress-free. <laughs> That's what we do. So that's why you're here listening we're to us right stress-free. now. So we better get to it. <laughs> What can you guys do to feel better, for God's sake? <laughs> so what, what are we t- going to talk about today? 
Well, we have not talked about spirituality yet on any of our podcasts, and that's something. Oh, we're going to talk about spirituality. Yes, that's a good near idea. Near and dear to our We've hearts never talked about spirituality. Peoples. No. Wow. We've never touched on this subject. Okay. Well, good. And it's time. Let's I think do it's it. time. Let's do it. How do you want to start? Well, I think let's start with how we define it. Okay. Because there's lots of definitions out there, and people have different ideas of it. So, so right now, if you were gonna, if somebody asked you, what does spirituality mean to you, Lou Guadagnino? How would you answer? I, well, I wouldn't answer with. I wouldn't say, well, it's A, B, C. Mm-hmm. For me, spirituality is more like um, practices. Mm-hmm. So, for 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 me. The main thing I've learned from spirituality is different practices. If you practice something like meditation or compassion or feeling love and devotion or many other very positive human qualities, if you practice them on a regular basis, that you develop them. Mm-hmm. And um, so to me, I guess spirituality is, is, is a, it kind of tells me that human beings, we have choice. And we make choices whether we know we're making them or not, and they add up in time. And spirituality, to me, is like all of the wisdom and the practices from the different traditions across the planet over time to help us human beings develop our own spiritual presence. So if a person didn't take the time to do the practices, then Mm -hmm. they would have less spirituality in their life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, not, not, it's like anything. You mm-hmm. know, they may have been born a more loving, compassionate person than maybe some of their friends are or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that people are born with different potentials, but no matter what potential you're born with, I think that there's great spiritual practices. They're really wonderful, you know, and, and we know this. Um, I don't remember his name right now, but there's a French gentleman who's a Vajrayana Tibetan Buddhist monk, and they've been... They've been monitoring his brain for like, you know, two decades. And the parts of his brain that, that have developed the most are the parts of the brain that are associated with feeling compassion and kindness and empathy. Mm-hmm. So his brain is actually developed differently. Mm-hmm. And we know this because we've mapped it. And I think that that's the way we all are. That, you know, and we don't always know that we're making that choice. Like, for instance, if you're not practicing meditation, if you're not practicing compassion and love, what are you practicing? Because whatever you do every day is what you're practicing. Right, right. So that's spirituality to me. What about you? Um, Well, I do agree with you, and we're going to return to the practice idea um, and expand on that, definitely, because I want to talk more about that. But for me... I know this sounds so hokey, but it's it's love. It's just to me, it's that whenever you touch that state, because love to me is it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. It's actually a state of mind, and it's it's a state of being. It goes beyond definition, and to me, spirituality goes to, to beyond definition. So, whenever a person taps into <clears throat> that that beautiful feeling of love. That, that state that you get in when you experience love, when you experience love, you naturally tap into spirituality. That's how I see it. You know, if I'm filled with love, I'm going to naturally be kind and, and compassionate and helpful to people. And that seems to be part of spirituality is that connectedness that we're all, we're all on this earth 
together and we got to make the best of it because this is an easy this is not an easy place to live a lot of times and so being kind and compassionate and helpful to each other this big interconnected community we share on this earth to me is spirituality and that comes from love and but, then, but I think with you because I've known you for a long time mm-hmm. now you know you you just described a practice mm-hmm. you know you've you what, what I hear you saying is that you've you've always valued love mm-hmm. that you don't see it as an emotion you see it as as a divine principle in a way mm-hmm. I do and that because of your value for it you have intentionally practiced being loving and feeling loving kindness towards yourself and others would that make sense yes and no i think it is intentional but sometimes it just comes spontaneously yeah everything that we practice sometimes comes spontaneously i think you know if you practice bowling for instance you're putting (laughs) your your attention on your form when you're bowling right but then when you do your best bowling you're not practicing your form no i love bowling and my best games <laughs> my best games i wasn't thinking about anything i shouldn't have brought up bowling. i wasn't thinking about the form or the technique at all okay folks never mind our discussion on spirituality we're now going to have a conversation about bowling <laughs> i was looking at the pins and yes. connecting I, I was loving the pins loving the pins. just be the pin be, be the, the pin. pin just take take the bowling ball and go for it and uh-huh. then it then then you get a strike okay <laughs> living stress-free bowling <laughs> but anyway no i see what you mean there is a certainly there had to have been practice involved sure at some point to let it happen spontaneously i i, I think so and i think the problem that we have with violence and all kinds of horrendous things that happen in our culture is because people don't realize that you know whatever you do with your mind and your body becomes automatic right it becomes a habit mm-hmm. you know this is an lsf you know principle that you know that mind is memory we often say that mind is memory what mm-hmm. we mean by that is that you do something 10 times and you just keep doing it yeah and and you really see that with the idea of practicing anything, it seems like if it's a physical thing, if it's a doing thing, people don't think twice about practicing. You're gonna learn piano, you know you gotta practice the piano, you gotta do your scales, practice every day to get better. Or -hmm. if you're a sports person, you know you gotta practice Mm -hmm. to get better at whatever your sport is. But when it comes to anything mental, emotional, anything with the mind. Or spiritual in our culture Or spiritual, true. People don't seem to think it you need to practice it daily. For it, it seems like they learn about it in a class or mm-hmm. from a book mm-hmm. or from a podcast or whatever. And then, okay, I got it. And then it's somehow people think because you have the information, it so it just goes into your mind, and then all of a sudden you're just going to become a different person. Yeah, we've seen this so many times in LSF working with people, and I've seen it in spiritual communities too. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we place such a emphasis on academic education right. in our country to the right. exclusion of everything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything anti-academic, but just simply that our emphasis on it is so exaggerated, in my opinion, that other forms of information and knowledge are just overlooked. And people come to a spiritual practice or to 
a self-help program or whatever it may be with their bias that the whole point of learning is 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 memorization is is understanding the concepts and remembering them right and so people think they have it you know like i've seen this with meditation they finally clicks in their head that they understand what the process of meditation is and what the goal of meditation is and then they immediately stop practicing because in their mind they've got it exactly there's so there's so many people that think that way sure well i think we're kind of instructed to think that way in our society but then those very people say well oh i tried meditation it doesn't work for me right because all i did was read it on an intellectual level and okay i understand the idea of it but then if there's no practice how are you ever going to be able to know what it does for you right you can you can understand through a book for instance you know the value of compassion and empathy there's very few people who do not understand the value of compassion and empathy. But then you have to practice it. Yes, and I don't want to get, you know, we talk a lot about meditation, but, you know, this is the same principles for anything mental or emotional. Oh, love, um, devotion. People that read spiritual texts, whether you're a Christian or you're Buddhist or you're Hindu, whatever, read these spiritual texts and then understand what it says, but aren't continuing to practice whatever it is the tool that's taught in that task mm-hmm. on a daily basis mm-hmm. there's no connection there mm-hmm. there's a complete disconnect and um i think if a good question that i have is mm-hmm. is that it seems to me and i wonder if this is so that the orthodox churches mm-hmm. which are very successful traditions, all of them. I'm not talking about any one particular religion, just the orthodox and monastic traditions of the different religions and spiritual spiritual uh, movements in the world, okay, they seem to really last a long time, you know, but all of them have practiced the orthodox religions in their everyday life. That's true. You know, if you're an Orthodox Jew, for instance, or whether you're an Orthodox Hindu, or whether you're an Orthodox Muslim, or uh, a Catholic, or Orthodox Christian Mm -hmm. church, there's practices, you know, the rosary, whatever it is, every single day. That's very true. And if you stop and think about it, those traditions, even if they're waning at certain points in history, they don't seem to die out. That is very true. That is very true, which goes back to practice. It all takes practice. That's what I think. I think we would be better off not discussing so much the ultimate questions and answers of life, like what's life all about and what's God like and what's he doing and not doing and all that stuff. I think we should just be practi- you know, utilizing the practices of all these different traditions and just see what happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could get caught up in that, yes. Like I always tell people, drop the why. You got to drop the why. The one thing I've noticed working with people one-to-one is people drive themselves crazy with why. Well, why am I like this? Or why did this happen to me? Or why this or why that? Or in, in what you're suggesting, you know, why Why was this earth created? Why are, you know, these big, big questions. And I really think the why drives us crazy. We get too lost in our thoughts. We get too stuck there and we miss out on Mm -hmm. the reality of the here and now well it's also where aggression comes from you know different religions are aggressive Mm -hmm. because they're preoccupied in my opinion they're preoccupied with those big questions about life and who's got the right answers Mm -hmm. usually they see them as being attached to something like 
power or land or whatever it may be, but they're preoccupied with that. If you look at you know the aggression in religions, it's always got to do with who's who's right, whose doctrine is correct. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's we're crazy. All this fighting we're doing in the world, we should we'd be better off practicing something small, like literally instead of fighting over you know who's the real god would the real god please stand up instead of fight, <laughs> fighting over that if we were all just doing some small thing like being mindful or practicing love and compassion it would be a different world and i think the same goes for just improving a, your mental health in general and the practice of becoming less stressful because again I've worked with people that say, oh, well, I was going into this doctor's appointment and I was really worried about what the results were going to show. So I did my deep breaths and I was still nervous when I went in. So I had this big discussion with the person and said, see, that's the thing. We, we have these, these coping skills and these tools and people use them as medication. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I know I have to deep breathe, so when I'm doing something really stressful, i got to remember to deep breathe. And then, in retrospect, when they talk about how the whole event went, it really didn't help all that much. And right. I think that's one of the reasons people drop off from the whole self-help movement or, or drop off from trying to do anything because, well, it didn't work. But it would work. These things work if they're practiced every day. Every day. Well, there's that wonderful, and I've told this you know, many times, you've heard me say this, you know, that wonderful... Uh, analogy in in uh, in yoga and meditation traditions in India, you know, when your house is on fire, it's too late to build uh, dig a well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you're saying is mm-hmm. that, and that's what happens to us. Yeah, because we look at these things as being um, like medication, like you said. You know, they're reactive. When I feel panicky, then I go meditate. <laughs> you know, when I'm worried about where the money's coming next month, you know, then I pray. You know, but it's not a practice, and and unless it's done every day, then it's we're not going to develop those parts of ourselves. We saw that we're we're doing a course right now on how to live stress free. It's a six week course, and and the first class we had everybody introduce themselves and talk about why they're taking it and all that. And there were several people in our class that mentioned, well, I'm actually doing better right now in my life, so. But I'm here anyway. So in their mind, they should have been taking the course when they really were doing badly. And they were thinking, well, well, I guess I'll take it anyway, even though life's good. But it's, it's that same thinking that these techniques to lower your stress should, are, are only applicable when you're really stressed out. Mm-hmm. And that was evident there. And we, and we explained to everybody, no, this is actually when you're doing well is the best time to take to learn new skills and absolutely. To, you know because then absolutely. you're you're like this clean slate you're right. open to oh, well you have the energy just yeah. you have the energy to develop a real practice yes you know when you're suffering it's very difficult to develop a real practice mm-hmm. but spirituality in terms of living stress-free is one of the three i guess you'd call them pillars maybe mm-hmm. of all the whole lsf system mm-hmm. and philosophy and so there's stress reduction, right? And then personal growth, mm-hmm. and then spirituality. Yes. Okay. Because when you reduce your stress, you automatically have personal growth, because you're able to do things that you couldn't in the past by reducing your stress. But there's also the spiritual component because it took practices to to get there. And the second thing is, 
very important is that in the process you have to learn who and what you are. Right. That's a very important, and that's we call that spirituality in LSF. That's our idea of spirituality, is that we have to understand, you know, what is the self, not just who am I in terms of I prefer tea over coffee, but what am I? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the self? What am I? Mm-hmm. And this is the old old tradition called inquiry. You know, it goes way back to inquiry. inquiry. Yes, yeah. yes. It goes way back into the traditions of meditation. So um, that's what we mean by spirituality, really. But it's, it comes not in the form of believing anything in particular, but of practices that help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the inquiry is, isn't that an actual separate type of yoga that exists? Yes. And mm-hmm. um, what is the word? Vichara, I think. Not vichara. There's vichara, maybe. There's a word in Sanskrit, at any rate. Mm-hmm. It, what it really means is, is asking what is a self not just myself but what is everybody's self what is the self Mm -hmm. and you know because it's funny because on one hand we'll argue all the time about god and creation and the destruction of the planet and you know in terms of 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 cosmology that god destroys the planet you know we'll argue about all that stuff but nobody looks at themselves well who's asking these questions and who's who's proposing these solutions you know, mm-hmm. What is the self? Mm-hmm. We're busy trying to find these eternal answers, or at least some of us are, and we're not looking at who's asking the question. But really, mm-hmm. those questions are answered when we come to an understanding of what, what the self is. What is myself? So it takes a step back. So instead of sitting saying, who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I, the next step is, well, who's asking the question, who am I? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's very important question. It's like, mm-hmm. because it comes, it, it's an immediate experience. It's not just a theory or philosophy. Mm-hmm. We really do come to an understanding and an experience that the self is the, is the mind, and the mind is not what we think it is. It's not a solid entity. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see that in, you know, Buddhist thought and in yogic thought um, and in all kinds of different streams. But it's really the spiritual question of all time is not who is God. It's like, no, who's the disciple? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. What is the disciple? When you dig into the self, what is it? And so that's a very important part of, of healing anything, mm-hmm. because most of the times, it seems that our suffering and pain, a lot of it is caused by a misunderstanding or a distortion of what we think we are. Yes, yes, that's very true. And it reminds me of how we teach people to be aware of awareness. It's a similar yes, idea. Yes, absolutely. You can spend your time trying to be more aware of everything, aware of your five senses, aware of what you're experiencing in the moment, that's mindfulness practice. But to be aware of the awareness that's noticing all that is is one more step backward. Right. And it's a much deeper practice. It's a very deep practice. And it also has a practical benefit. It's not like you just walk around in this, you know, this state of of, uh, of bliss. It has a practical thing. You know, whatever you have caused in your life that has brought you suffering or others suffering is almost always without exception caused by believing you are something you are not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you do start answering this question about who and what am I, you're also unraveling 
the mistakes that you've made about yourself. That is very true. Very helpful, very healing. Very true. So spirituality, just one more thought I have of how we see it from our perspective is it's it's a completely experiential um, process, mm-hmm. which is how we differentiate it from religion. Because most religions are based on a belief system. Oh, yeah. No, there's no beliefs at all. So we have, you know, for us, spirituality has no belief system. It's about the experience. You can believe whatever you want. That's right. And everything with living stress-free is that way, too. Mm -hmm. There's no belief systems at all in what we're helping people with. Well, what we're telling people is that all beliefs are thoughts in the mind. Yep. So it doesn't really matter what thought you have in your mind. It could be whatever. It's just another thought. If it's a distorted thought, it's still thought. If it's accurate thought, it's still thought. So what we're telling people is look at yourself rather than out there. Which is a huge shift. Because majority of people, I would imagine, are always looking at the thoughts themselves. Yeah, the mind has that tendency. The mind wants to fix the mind with the mind. <laughs> and is always looking to, well, if I have these thoughts, I have to work on not having these thoughts. And it, you really drive yourself crazy. The person drowning is the lifeguard. <laughs> We're in big trouble here, folks. we got to do something. So uh, this is a huge shift. Get away from the mind altogether. It's not to negate the thoughts and the mind. I mean, the mind is a wonderful thing. Yes, it's a wonderful tool. And there's nothing wrong with thinking and having a thought. It's necessary. We need it. We're Thank God we have it. Absolutely. (laughs) It helps us navigate our life. But it's just there's more to it than what we're taught. So, so yeah. So, there you go. That's, That's a little quick explanation of how we see spirituality absolutely what's so your book is something that we really need um people to see and a lot of people have purchased it um, but we really haven't done any promotion for it at all we've really been very laid back about this but your book is incredible the living stress-free bible and um i really suggest everybody who has any interest in lsf at all that's the book. That's the one go-to book that we have, Living Stress-Free Bible. And you can find it on our website, which is livingstressfree.org. Or you can buy it on Amazon in Kindle or in paperback. That's right. That's right. And I wrote it to be very user-friendly and practical. So if you're a busy, stressed person who doesn't have much time, don't worry. This book, you can, each chapter is short. Like, by short, I mean just like a page and a half, two pages. It's so, a, you had a very minimalist uh, I did. approach to I writing did. this book, and it's great because you don't waste a moment. Yeah, because I know how busy people are and how we just don't have time. Yeah. So this is the kind of book, boy, if you have even just like five minutes, you can just grab yep. it. Just yep. grab it, read a couple pages. There'll be something useful in it. It's very concentrated, and there's tons of practices in it, so... It's, it's, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening yes. this week. Um, and we're still on the edge of America. And uh, we <laughs> hope you guys are. have a great week. Have a stress-free day. Stress-free day. <laughs> Bye, everyone.